and welcome to the All Japan Women's Destiny podcast. I'm your host, JD. Welcome to another episode as we go through the history of All Japan Women's Professional Wrestling through the classics episodes that you can find uh, on various places of the internet. I vastly encourage to follow along and learn and enjoy the history of this just awesome women's wrestling promotion of the past. This is a spin-off in conjunction with the Red Leaf Retrocast. That is the proper episode where these come from. We hope you enjoy our audio and our uh, discussions over the various wrestlers and the matches in which you go through the ages. If you like what you hear and you want more content, please consider checking out the Patreon. That is patreon.com slash redleafretrocast, all one word, where we also cover LLPW, various other uh, women's wrestling promotions of the past, and the project that the whole reason it exists is the Joshi 2010's journey, where we go through coming out of the dark ages of Joshi professional wrestling and really learning and having fun with wrestlers that we're very familiar with to this day to ones that we may have missed out on. I hope you enjoy the audio you're about to hear covering AJW. And if you want more, please, again, consider signing up to the Patreon and leaving us reviews over at iTunes, Spotify, and the like, all your favorite podcasting outlets in which you listen to AJW and the Redley Fretcher cast. Enjoy. And it's time, of course, for the All Japan Women Destiny part of this episode. It's All Japan Women. We are at episode 63 of the classics, post-Midsummer Typhoon, a.k.a. the famous Toyota Yamada hair match, which gets rave and rave reviews. On this episode here, on this section... We're at August 30th, 1992, Corken Hall, the home of the Japan Grand Prix Finals here in 1992. And let's go over a little uh, little backstory here over what's occurred during <laughs> this tournament, which took place from June 27th to August 30th, 1992. It was two 10 women blo- one, woman blocks, block A, block B, round robin, and unfortunately... Man, I tried to find a lot more matches than just kind of day one that was covered here and in the classics. But uh, much of it was on house shows, just lost the time, couldn't find the tapes. Uh, my couple sources where I get a bunch of DVDs, just a lot of just a lot are missing. Uh, there was there there's like a couple like highlight clip matches that you could find, whether it's uh, Takaka went away against various. LCO members, you can kind of find clips of that. You can find uh, Saki Hasegawa, like, killing a couple bitches <laughs> on undercards. But most of it's just lost. And I, for the life of me, tried to figure out why Akira Hokuto, in the middle of her new persona, only got four and a half points in this tournament. And how that happened... She went to like a draw or count out with Kaoru Ito inexplicably. I could not get a confirmation what happened. 
to Akira Hokuto in this tournament, whether it was a booking decision or she got hurt or whatever it may be. But regardless, the standings in Block A, in first place, Minami Toyota, nine points. Second place, Aja Kong, eight. Takaka went away, third place with six. People at the bottom, unfortunately, Bison Gamora, after getting mauled by Aja Kong, uh, suffered an arm injury slash neck injury, which would force her into retirement for at least the next two years, uh, just the way it went down. And uh, between that and the Toyota uh, Yamada match that sort of started this whole thing, the that's those are your two best matches in the tournament uh, right then and there. Uh, very interesting that Takaka Inoue uh, got third in this group. And when you think about it, when you kind of look at how she's being positioned in the undercard and getting uh, the Japan tag titles, while people like Shimoda, Mita are still kind of on the up and up, they're kind of on that similar level. They're just being featured more in the LCO group. And Suzuka Minami continues to just be cycled down. She's a mid-carder at this point in time. They're kind of done with her. People are passing her up, and Takako Inoue has a higher ceiling at this point in time. So this makes makes sense. It's not like she got like seven or eight points as well. Uh, that is reserved for the people they really want to push. And over in Block B, uh, people at the bottom, Debbie Malenko, Terry Power, Kaori Ito. And Ito is still awful. Terry Power, uh, this is at the time when they finally decide, AJW finally decides she's no good. Uh, this this tour kind of proved that, and they just kind of beat her over and over again. Did not matter. Uh, this, I believe, would be the last we'd see of Terry Power and AJW. And I believe Debbie Malenko, at some point soon, uh, <laughs> we'll call it ruptures her ankle and forces her into retirement, unfortunately. So a lot of injuries happen. Uh, we're on the precipice of Marika Yoshida kind of joining them, which is very unfortunate uh, because she takes second place tied with Kyoko Inoue in Block B, while Toshio Yamada gets eight points in first place. Uh, Saki Asukawa, Yumiko, here we go. Hota, another example. Mid-Carter, uh, not much else. Uh, people like Hasegawa, Yoshida have higher ceilings. More potential at this point in time. Hota cycled down along with some other rookies. And Hasegawa ends up getting four points with her. So that's where we stand. And the way the tournament uh, went is uh, in the... semi. Uh, it, it has a quarterfinal kind of tiebreaker match between Yoshida and Kyoko Inoue. That's what they're doing there. And then they split it into two semifinal matches where the winner of the Inoue Yoshida match will face off against the number one ranked person, which in this case is Manami Toyota with the most amount of points, nine in the entire tournament. And then uh, Aja Kong will face off against Yamada, as in uh, they both got eight points. They're uh, Yamada facing off against the number two in block A. So that's how we got to this point in time. Uh, very shocking, and yet not really how Yoshida is being now pushed the way she is. She's definitely in that Kyoko Inoue spot of 91, while Yamada, coming off that hair match, they really believe in her as well. 
So Yamada, Yoshida, Inoue are your your highlights of the Grand Prix tournament. And it's very unfortunate that so much of these matches are lost at this point in time. If anyone listening uh, does have indeed like some of these Inoue matches in the Grand Prix this year and more Yoshida and Yamada matches, I'd be more than willing uh, and love love the sharing because I'd love to see these. And the classics cover uh, the quarterfinal semis and the final match of the tournament. Uh, no sense in watching like the whole show. You can kind of get that, but you can find the full length matches, uh, whether it's YouTube, Daily Motion, Billy Billy. They're they're out there. And surprisingly enough, uh, each of these matches kind of go the same amount of time, give or take a couple minutes. Uh, they all have the same kind of format, too. And I wasn't blown away by any of these matches in particular, unfortunately. I was really expecting more. And when I look at what had happened and what the goal was, I think they accomplished their goal and what they wanted the tournament to be. Just really wanted more higher-end matches, especially with how it began. So let's get started here. Mariko Yoshida takes on Kyoko Inoue quarterfinals. Goes about 15 and a half minutes. And it's not much. Uh, and this is a pattern I've seen with Kyoko Inoue singles matches where the beginning is very slow and then it delves into a lot of just slow mat work and just kind of sitting there type submissions. Uh, namely the bow and arrow lock. Kyoko Inoue is really liking that. She likes a uh, camel clutch type hold and uh, the match is a lot of limb work <laughs> from Inoue on Yoshida. It's not until the last five minutes where they start doing a bunch of near falls, which does pop the audience a little bit. It gets my interest a little bit more. And it ends with Yoshida uh, kind of going. She <laughs> She's coming back. She's spamming a lot of her up the ropes, cross body moves or planches. And she goes for a second up the rope springboard cross but this time in a way ducks and Yoshida turns that into a sunset flip roll and pins her Kyoko is very sad about this post match and Yoshida big baby face victory big push she goes on to the semifinals to take on Minami Toyota the leader of this tournament uh, I won I really wonder how that Aja Kong Minami Toyota singles match in this uh, Grand Prix went this year. I'd really like to know what their direct result was. Did they count out? Did they draw? Uh, could not confirm, could not find it. Again, if someone has this knowledge, uh, please share it with me. I'd, I'd love to know. Aja Kong takes on the sha the newly shaven Toshio Yamada. Crowd's really reacting to her, and if this is indica any indication of what Aja Kong's tournament was, uh, I think it's a good representation. Aja Kong's full force in this. She is a living human bear where she just attacks her opponents, uh, E-Honda style from Street Fighter, takes them outside, beats them down brawl bear style, gets some chairs, chucks them in, chucks the chairs at them, makes them bleed. Aja Kong takes no prisoners. And that Bison Kimura match also is a good representation because Toshio Omada takes some brutal looking chair shots just nothing can protect her from edges and corners of chairs coming at her face. Yamada comes up bleeding in the bleachers. They take it to the ring, and it's it's a mauling. And the crowd really gets behind Yamada. They're really rooting for her. Her black and yellow gear is stained with her own blood, and Kong don't care. 
Kong is ready to maul some more, act like that Yamada has salmon in her suit, and she needs that food, because Aja Kong needs to feed on victims. So Aja Kong's getting her with back fist. Toyota's trying to fight back. She ends up uh, turning the tide with a with a with a whacked out wheel kick turned into a front foot kick, like the front of her foot. So she uh, who who does something? I, I think I've seen the cat in WCW pull a similar move. Uh, not to insult Yamada with such a comparison, but I'm trying to think of other karate esque uh, maneuvers, and I can't really think of any right now at the top of my head. So Yamada turns it around with that, and she starts blasting Kong with with kicks to the to the ribs, to the arm, uh, to the face. A lot of them, she don't care. She needs to try to bust Kong open, and Yamada's just now bleeding profusely on one side of her face. Uh, unfortunately for her, she goes uh, to the top rope. She tries a crossbody. Kong turns it into a power slam, and then it's all downhill from there. Kong just beats her ass down. Uh, she. Uh, Yamada tries a couple more comebacks. It doesn't work. Eats a back fist. Uh, near falls are pretty good. I did enjoy that. And Aja Kong takes her to the top, does that uh, flipping... It, I've spoken about this before, but the best way I can describe it is it, it it's almost looks like they're trying a top rope Canadian destroyer, but instead of Kong doing the whole backflip, she just goes on her back and it acts like a a backdrop slam of sorts. And Kong follows this up with the top rope elbow drop pins her one, two, three, 17 minutes. I would, I mean, from what I've seen, this was the third best of the tournament, uh, which doesn't bode well for the next two matches, but there are some things to like. Manami Toyota versus Marika Yoshida. Yoshida coming out for a second match of the night, her disadvantage. And this should be an indication of what Manami Toyota was in this tournament. She's there to spam drop kicks, the drop kick symphony, if you will, where she runs her against the ropes, blasts you in the face, goes to at least three of the four corners, blasts you in the face with a front drop kick again. Mariko Yoshida definitely eats it a couple times. Her lip is busted open. Her face is swollen. It, it's it's becoming a theme with Minami Toyota and Saki Hasegawa matches where their boot will meet your face and I hope your hand is up to protect them and they're coming for you. Much like Aja Kong with elbow drops and power slams and chairs coming at your face. These people do not care for your safety. <laughs> They're not waiting for nobody. It really reminds... It's it's almost like they were watching a lot of Vader matches where it's Vader time, baby. He's coming. <laughs> you better be ready. So Minami Toyota is... Her whole goal is to do cool shit, spam them drop kicks, And here we go again. Yoshida. Big comeback, lots of her uh, top rope planches, uh, to and fro the outside, inside. Uh, Toyota gets her in a couple cradles. She's hitting Germans and um, Tiger suplexes alike. This one probably had the best near fall sequences that I saw in this tournament. And the crowd was super behind Yoshida. Really wanted her to win, but she ends up suffering the Japanese uh, ocean suplex and does not kick out. So that leaves us with an Aja Kong Minami Toyota Grand Prix Finals. And on paper, holy hell. Even in 1992, you're like putting your hands together. You're rubbing them going, oh, give me that all day. And unfortunately, I hate to report, this match kind of sucked. 
The Toyota Yoshida match went 17 and a half minutes. Yoshida gets a standing ovation from the crowd for her efforts uh, in the Grand Prix. She is over like Rover. And unfortunately, like two weeks later, she suffers a brutal neck injury and she retires for like the next. I don't know, two to five years or whatever it might be. Uh, well, I wa- I'm really wondering if the classics will cover that. But I got to try to find that match myself where she does suffer that injury. I got to see it. Uh, not in a. I got to see it for the historical context is what I'm driving at. So Kong comes out, big bad music, Toyota's music hits, and she's kind of doing the rookie run to the ring. But Aja Kong meets her halfway and they brawl into the crowd immediately. And it's 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 like the Yamada beatdown once again. Yeah, they're just going through the crowd in the bleachers, chairs flying at Toyota, and Toyota runs away when she gets gets a chance. And that's when they go to the ring. And much like the Yamada match, they're e they're trying to e Honda each other, but you don't e Honda e Honda. Aja Kong will always get that advantage. And it looks like Toyota gets her nose busted open a little bit at the beginning of the match here. Uh, but I guess it was just like a pop bleed and it stops real quick or coagulates just super fast but it looked like she was bleeding almost immediately and the rest of the match is just missed times nothing's going right uh they're slipping all, all over each other they just do not have the chemistry together yet toyota kong is doing a lot of power moves and toyota's bumping for the life of her but each time to- toyota tries her up and over sunset flip roll Kong doesn't quite go with her. She stands firm and then just kind of there's uh, that that one in particular. I just mentioned she puts her foot on her throat for a pin one two kick out. Uh, there's a sunset flip bomb in which Toyota just completely loses her grip falls and Kong just reacts with sitting on her Yokozuna style, uh, but her foot's under the rope and the rep won't count. That one made me laugh because that was a good, good botch cover. If uh, I doubt that's what they were going for. Uh, Toyota's going for drop kicks and Kong is like slightly moving out of the way. So that's not quite working out. There's weird roll ups that Kong doesn't roll through properly. So either Kong can't keep up with Toyota's what Toyota's doing or Toyota is just slightly missing and losing her grip all the time. I think it's a combination of both. You could probably get it any of those three ways as an interpretation. So that's where we stand on the match. And it's just one thing after another like that. Uh, Toyota misses a few moonsaults. She does hit one eventually. Uh, kick out by Kong. You, The crowd was pretty silent for it. And eventually, Kong like never hits the back fist. She never hits the top rope elbow drop. It's a lot of just missed counters. And the way it finished is really weird. Like they botch something and then Kong just grabs her million dollar dream style Cobra Clutch, and then just rips her Urinagi Slam style and pins her 1, 2, 3 in 13 minutes. It's really short. It's real sloppy. I don't know what happened here, but they certainly don't have the chemistry here in 1992. Uh, The next time they meet, or maybe that first time we saw him go at it in the Grand Prix, I mean, couldn't find the tape personally, but... I mean, obviously they have much better matches in them for years after this, but... From my first, uh, I believe it's the first time I'm seeing them in a singles match against each other. And this was kind of bad. It was very ambitious with a lot of the moves, 
They didn't. They just did not have the chemistry against each other. Just very strange when you're looking at the history and where these two are uh, post-1992. And even some of the matches we've seen from them prior. Manami Toyota Yamato just coming off that five-star. Toyota against Kyoko Inoue matches. Aja Kong against Bolnakano, of course, uh, in, in, the, in, the, in the cage. Everyone has better matches in them. Uh, this just wasn't their day. So, matches of the tournament was definitely uh, the Kong Kimura. Um, you know what? Maybe I'll be nice and throw that Kong Tamada Yamada match in there. And um, that worked match between. I don't actually. Because they were in different blocks, I wonder if they. they no, they couldn't have faced each other. So that Toyota Yamada match was just to set up the hair match. I don't think that was a, a Grand Prix match. They were in opposite blocks. But who knows? They could have, like, switched blocks somewhere along the line. Whatever. And that'll do it for the Grand Prix of 92. I think the right winner won. They present Aja Kong with a nice little trophy. She does the picture. She cuts a promo on Yamada. And then, <laughs> funny enough, Mariko Yoshida hits the ring. She's got an All Japan Women t-shirt on. Her shoulder pads from her gear are sticking out of it. And the crowd kind of laughs at her because she's all awkwardly in the ring standing there and uh, I interpreted this as Mariko Yoshida was presented as kind of the MVP of the tournament. And Aja Kong says, I want to fight you one-on-one, basically. Hope we'll see each other in the ring again. And I believe this doesn't happen until Arsene <laughs> gets made because Yoshida's out. Uh, let's see here. Let me take a look at her. Uh, let me just look at her wiki. Ends up what's happening here. Let's see. Does it say anything? Uh... Well, it's set. Let's see. Uh, neck injury, 92. Missed two years of ring time. Okay. So maybe they do have a match uh, post-94 or something. Um, but yeah, she, w- she would also be part of that Arsene split uh, away from AJW. So Aja Kong is now the number one contender. She earns a right for the red belt. And it's Kong versus Nakano at uh, Russell, uh, Dream Slam. Dream Slam. I think that's what it is. Dream Slam in 92. Very much looking forward to that. That is the big coronation match, if you know your history. And that will do it for All Japan Women. <laughs>